that's a boundary that I'm setting for myself and they're having their experience. They're living their own life and I'm not going to stop them from doing that, but I'm going to remove my, myself from a situation now, if I don't feel okay with that situation. And I no longer care if they get mad at me for that, because it's not about them. It's about what I need. I'm Hannah Jane. And I'm Sierra, and this is Detached. We're two women in our mid-20s who have a lot to say about literally everything. We try to focus on what we have learned through our emotional and spiritual growth. We're here to have open, vulnerable, and sometimes pretty hard conversations with each other. Just a reminder, we don't speak for any 12-step programs. All we have are our own stories to share. We are so excited to go on this journey with you all. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Detached. I'm Hannah Jane. And I'm Sierra. And we have an episode about the holidays. Woohoo! Um, we figured as the holiday season is gearing up, so is my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think Sierra and I have, you know, quite a bit to chat about when it comes to Thanksgiving and navigating that as, you know, someone in Al-Anon, as, you know, a sober person, as, as a lot of different things. And um, yeah, I think yeah. we're just going to jump right into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the holidays. I am not going home for Thanksgiving, but I'm going home for Christmas. And, you know, growing up, um, the holidays are always just such a weird time for me because I, I get really stressed. I mean, I started getting really stressed out about it after my parents got divorced and I was like, oh, I have to go here for this dinner and then there for that dinner. And where am I going to be for opening presents or where am I going to be for, you know, spending the day or doing this stuff. And it kind of felt like, especially when I went to college, every time I went home, it felt like a job because I had to visit so many different places and don't get me wrong. I love my family. I wanted to see everyone so badly, but you know, having a more centralized quote unquote um, holiday, which I see a lot in my life, like with other families and other people, I, I am jealous of that to a certain extent. I'm like, Oh, I, there's a part of me that's like, Oh, I wish my parents never got divorced. But that's so untrue now because my parents are both very happy with amazing people and I love them and I love their lives. I love my life. But the holiday season is just a stressful time, especially when you add in alcoholism to holiday season, which I think there's there's a lot of drinking. Um, I've spent a lot of past holidays at ex-boyfriends, homes and families and it's been really hard for me to kind of see that type of behavior because, um, you know, I am in Al-Anon and I am very attuned to it. So I think the biggest thing when it comes to holidays is boundaries. And for me, it's knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no for myself. Like, hey, um, if this is going to be too stressful for me, I'm not going to go, but you know, 
I get to see all of my family. Oh, I'm totally going to go. That's going to be so fun. So I think, especially this holiday season, I'm really excited because I do get to go home and I'm actually really excited about it. And I have zero anxiety. So I'm super looking forward to Christmas and I'm doing some very low key stuff for Thanksgiving, which is exactly what I need. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just kind of, uh, word vomited no, you, there. You dove right in. I love it. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Initial thought. Can we talk about people pleasing around the holidays? Oh, stop. That yeah. is okay. So I feel like we've got like three different things we can touch on here. So <laughs> people pleasing around the holidays, how to deal with, um, the holidays when you're newly sober and having yeah the holidays when you do have a loved one in your family that's an alcoholic with it being you know like we've got three major holidays in a row that are all alcohol focused um and that's you know and it doesn't have to be alcohol focused but in a lot of people's like families and stuff like that's a big piece of it is drinking and stuff especially new year's um yeah but yes the people pleasing um i also uh, my, when my parents got divorced too, it did become like a thing where we had to split up holidays. And it was always like, I wanted everybody to feel it it was stressful sometimes because I was like, I wanted, you know, to make sure I I had enough time at my dad's house so that like, he felt okay. And like, he had enough time because then I knew we'd be going to my mom's family's house. And then I'm like, do I have enough time to get ready? And then just the social aspect of it, like, you know, could be draining at times, but like, so grateful that I do have family to be around and and go to so that, that I don't want to like take away from that at all. But I definitely think like the past year or so I have felt so much more okay with like, Oh, I'm going to do what I want to do for the holidays. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think last year, Thanksgiving, like really was one of the first years because like I, you and I were talking and like you had some circumstances where you were like, oh yeah, like, you know, plans kind of changed. So I'm just chilling at home with June and, and yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I can do that too. Like, I don't, it doesn't have to be like a sad thing that I'm not oh. spending time with anyone. Like, what if I just want to enjoy the day off? Like. Yeah. And those circumstances were, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, no, that was funny. Um, my partner got sick and couldn't go. And, um, I had newly started seeing them and was like, well, I'm not going to go. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to, yeah. And I had a really great time. I think, um, growing up and being a people pleaser for literally as long as I can imagine. Can I even think back to, I always thought that I, I had to go home. I had to go through, I had to like do these holidays and I feel like it's relatively recently, maybe the last two years that I've truly embraced, um, being like, Oh, I'm actually not going to do anything this holiday, but I'm going to be able to make it home for the next one. Or this is where I'm going to be for this holiday. You know, how can we all incorporate each other into our lives as we are adults now navigating our own lives. Right. Um, which (laughs) I think I'll say this in every episode, but I feel like a child, like, I feel like a baby. 
I'm just mm-hmm. out here now in life as like an adult, but actually I'm really 12 and yeah. I you know, <laughs> need somebody to tell you what to do. Yeah. I'm like, all right, what's the itinerary? I didn't know that I had to make it now. No, I'm kidding. But um there is there is like a huge people pleasing aspect to the holidays. And it's definitely something I noticed in my own behavior and have been really actively trying to say, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I can do. This is how much I can give in this moment. Um, And then I just, I think for as long as I can remember the holidays just have given me a lot of anxiety and I don't want that. I don't want three months to be anxiety like induced. That's not fun. That's that's a lot of a year, right? (laughs) Having, having anxiety for three months seems ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't need that. Right. So, um, I think it's really about, at least for me, it's been really a, you know, huge on what can I give this holiday season, like emotionally (laughs) and, um, where can I go? I think, I think it becomes kind of hard too. I mean, I, I'm not engaged or anything. So I think maybe you can speak more on kind of the holidays with a partner and with family, but you know, right now it's nice because I kind of have an open invitation to my partner's holidays. They have an invitation of mine. If they want to come great. If I'm doing my, it's there's, I don't, I guess maybe there's like an added pressure for you. I'm not sure. Um, does that resonate at all? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's so funny because it's like, I think, you know, me being a planner, like I had this whole idea of exactly how the holidays were going to go, where we were going to spend time when, and, um, you know, thanks to my fiance's work that has <laughs> changed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, you know, we had originally had a discussion that, you know, I back in May, like I did meet his his family and stuff like um and and it was only a day so it definitely wasn't enough time but we did have like a conversation that you know for Christmas he was going to come home with me because like my you know my mom's like my aunts uncles grandparents really wanted to meet him and so he was totally fine with that and then we were going to spend Thanksgiving with his family so um right now it is all up in the air and um it's I'm grateful because we both have families that are like so understanding and are like, don't, don't feel like we need to, you know, like wouldn't be offended by one thing or another. Um, But I definitely felt like, like I was putting pressure on both of us to like make both sides of the family happy. And um, it turned out like where now he doesn't know if he's even going to have any time off for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, And so we totally shifted our plan for Christmas because we, and, you know, I'm grateful my mom's the one who kind of like put this idea in my head, but, you know, she was like, if he's not going to have any time off, like, or potentially, you know, up to three days, like, don't go to San Diego. Like, that's so much. And I was like, but everybody's like been looking forward to meeting him. And, like, I honestly, like, and that wasn't even really considering, like, how it would be for him or I. It was more just, like, I wanted everybody to be happy, like, because they had this expectation of getting to meet him. And then <clears throat> my mom was, like, 
just just spend the holiday the two of you whether you're in Kentucky or in your you're in Colorado like it can be just the two of you this Christmas and I was like oh like and it was like such a like feeling of like relief I was like oh like we that's right like as long as we're together that's all I really care about because like it's you know with this work like I'm not he's obviously I'm not gonna have him spend Christmas alone um but and and that's like kind of a bigger deal of a holiday I feel like like at least for for me personally and him so so that is sort of it's like totally shifted and then Thanksgiving you know might just be doing it here alone each of us will FaceTime each other at some point um because I yeah, because again, work issues, but, um, but yeah, so it's like the plan totally changed from like, in my head, I was like, oh, we're going to go see his family for this amount of days for Thanksgiving. Then we're going to split it and go and go see my family for this amount of days for Christmas. And it's going to be perfect. And both families will be happy. And cause I think there's a good amount of pressure. Cause like we just aren't got engaged. So like both of our families like really want to like, you know, like it's, it's a bigger deal. I feel like this year, the holidays, like for both of us and and now we're just like maybe <laughs> spend it alone and then just the two of us on Christmas. And that's totally fine. And I feel like to me, that feels so much better and like not stressful um for him too. And 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 I'm like super bummed. And I also still feel kind of bad like about it, but I also like know that this is like the right decision for us. So I think a few years ago like this would have been it would have been a lot harder to accept something like this than it is now but now I'm like oh all that matters is that like we're both like we don't need to to do what is best for everyone else um and just do what's best for us you know I think that's so huge and I don't know for me like even though I've I've been in therapy and Al-Anon and I feel like I've actually focused in therapy quite a bit on the holidays because I have a lot of like triggers when it comes to the holidays because of like what I've seen um, in past relationships and whatnot. But um, I still get really anxious when I watch people like drink during the holidays. Um, I mean, as I think a lot of people know in the podcast, I am not sober. I do drink. Um, so, you know, if there's like a glass of wine, I'll have it, but it's so stressful to me to be a part of a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or a new year's where people are drinking and getting drunk, um, in like a scary way because, um, that's just what I've seen before. And, uh, so it's still, it's still so stressful to like, see that. And part of me sometimes is like, oh, I don't want to do anything for the holidays. Cause I don't even want to put myself in a situation where I'm seeing that at all in any way. And, um, I'm lucky. I'm very, very lucky and grateful that I don't have that when I go see my family and I don't have that when, you know, I'm hanging out with my close friends, my partner, whatnot, but it was a part of my past. So it is something that I still think about and still get anxious about. And I think one of the biggest things that has helped 
calm me down around that is surrounding myself with just a different group of people. And I mean, you know, I feel like I kind of started my Al-Anon journey and really thought that I was going to be able to like cure this disease that is called alcoholism. And I think the more that I learned, the more I was like, wow, I'm I'm not here for anyone else but myself. I'm here for me. I'm here to learn tools and to learn boundaries on how to keep loving alcoholics, but also how to keep loving myself and where do I put my, you know, where's my line and how do I draw it in a way where I keep myself, you know, mentally sane and happy and safe and also still have so much compassion for other people that are, you know, not in, not, I guess, not in the place that I am at that moment, um, or just on their own journey. Right. Oh, but so I still get stressed out with like just everything around the holidays. I don't know. It's hard. No. And that totally makes sense. I mean, like you've had experiences where like being, being in like that setting, like it could be triggering because like you've been in situations before where like, you know, heavy drinking like that, like can feel unsafe because you've had experiences that like have not, you know, had an, they've had an impact on like, you know, your yeah. relationship with, with alcohol and like seeing people do that. And like, right. Like that's, it also, I'm sure, brings up a feeling of like uncertainty. Like you don't know like how drunk somebody's gonna get or like what they're gonna do or what's gonna happen. Like that's so understandable. And like I I feel like like I can't personally speak to what that's like because I was probably the person that was like at, you know, my mom probably could speak to that better being like, you know, from her perspective of like, oh, is Sierra going to get too drunk this Christmas? Probably like, you know, Um, so I, I will say like in, I think holidays in early recovery can be especially challenging. Like I, feel really grateful that I got sober in January. And so like I had almost a whole year to like get solid in my recovery before, um, before I had like the holidays. Um, but it can be like it just any sort of event in general, because you're, and I think we talked about this a little bit on like the, the, you know, early sobriety episode, but like any large event in general can be so nerve wracking because you're used to like relying on this one thing to kind of be able to get you through social situations. And like, even just the act of like, like I still do this where I, in a social situation, feel like I have to have something in my hand. And I think I've talked about that before, but I will like, always have like a soda water and a lime or like just something in my hand because it's like my comfort zone almost. Um, so there's like all these things though, that, that you don't really realize can be like triggering in a social situation or a social event, like until you're in it. And, um, 
I I like to give this like example of when I first um like early in my sobriety I had my brother's high school graduation and <clears throat> that was like really the first social event for me that I had been to and like I was um I had gone and, and it was all my brother's friends and like their parents and all that stuff and there was like there was a lot of drinking but it wasn't it wasn't anything like out of control but I was so aware of it um because I was like oh my god I don't have like my safety blanket with me I don't know how to talk to these people that I I don't know like I don't know how to socialize I I don't know how to tell somebody I'm how I'm doing I don't I don't know how to tell somebody like no I need a root beer not a beer and um but I went because I wanted to show up but I also had a plan in place before and I told my mom and brother like hey I want to drive separately so that if I need to leave and it becomes too much I can leave and so <clears throat> that's something that I learned in rehab was like when you're going into an unknown situation have a plan or you know, and, or bring somebody with you too, that, you know, that knows you're sober and is going to be sober with you. Um, and you kind of like have that like support and accountability while you're there. So for me, like it was good because I did get to a point where it was too overwhelming and it was too much and I did have to leave. And it wasn't like this big dramatic thing. Like I just had to like take a minute to collect myself. And I told my mom and brother, like, I didn't have to go tell everybody I was leaving. I just was like, I'm at my max, like, you know, love you guys. See you at home and went home. And so I think with the holidays being in early recovery, like that is so key is having a plan of what you're going to do. If it becomes too much, like if it becomes too overwhelming, And also like having somebody that knows you're going to be sober and like keep you accountable and kind of just be there to support you because I think it can be really challenging and kind of going into a blind, just assuming like, you know, like you're going to be fine, um, can be really, really tough sometimes. And so for me, like I find having a plan in place, like really helped me a lot in the beginning. So, so that's, I mean, that's kind of my my perspective on like, you know, how it was for me in early sobriety, like in the holidays, but Hannah Jane, like, I'm curious, like for you being on the other end of it, how do you think you would handle the situations maybe you've been in the past, you know, with your qualifiers, um, in, holiday situations like this if you knew what you know now through Al-Anon like how how do you think you would handle those things or cope with those things differently oh that's a really good question um you know it's uh how would I have dealt with those well I think unfortunately being such a self-aware person I was I when I even when I was in those mo like in that kind of time I was still so aware of what was happening and um but I think I would have been a little bit louder in my own boundaries I would have been like oh you know I'm I'm actually I'm not gonna go I'm I'm gonna stay home I think 
I, I would have, and this isn't to say that, I mean, everything that happened happened and I am okay with that. I do not resent the past at all. I'm, I'm very grateful that all of those experiences happened because I would not be where I am right now if they hadn't. But I think, you know, because I am a little bit better at setting boundaries now because I have learned quite a bit since then, I would have been a little more explicit with those boundaries and vocalized them. I think I felt a little, um, not scared at all to vocalize them, but I didn't feel as confident in my own boundary setting. So I think I would have been a little bit louder with the boundaries that I was setting and been like, okay, you know, if, you know, and, and I think sometimes for me, it's important to recognize that I don't necessarily have to say my boundaries out loud to someone else. Like, Hey, if you're going to have five drinks, I'm going to leave. I can be like in my mind. All right. You know what? If this person drinks this much and I don't feel good and I don't really want to be here, I'm going to remove myself from the situation because that's a boundary that I'm setting for myself. And they're having their experience, they're living their own life. And I'm not going to stop them from doing that, but I'm going to remove my myself from a situation now if I don't feel okay with that situation. And I no longer care if they get mad at me for that because it's not about them. It's about what I need, right? So I think that's probably what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> like, I, I think yeah. it's so good, like, to give examples like that, because it is, it does put it like in perspective of like, okay, like if this happens, I don't have to be, you know, it doesn't, no. it doesn't necessarily mean like saying, oh, here's what I'm going to do. If you do this, it's just like, I'm sticking with this boundary in my mind. I'm going to like, this is what I've determined like is okay and not okay with me. And I know where this leads. And so I'm going to make the choice to remove myself versus, like letting the whole situation pan out and it being, you know, the, the, yeah. yeah. So, you know, as I mean, I definitely was like an ultimatum setter before I really started working my program. I was like, Oh, if you do this, I'm done. Like we're done. Right. And what, what does that do? That just tells the other person, Oh, they just have to be stinkier. They just have to be better at hiding things. Right. That's, that's me contributing. That's not me doing anything good for them or for me. And in the end, it's, it makes me resentful, right? It just makes me really angry. So I think coming to terms with the fact that my boundaries don't all, always have to be explicitly stated. I can have, I can have my boundaries and I can know my boundaries and I can put them in place and I can remove myself. Mm -hmm. I think that was a really huge shift for me with boundaries because I always thought that someone else had to know what my boundary was for them to be able to respect it. But right. so here's an example. I get really scared of drunk eyes. I don't mm -hmm. know if that makes sense to everyone, but I feel like if you know, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of like no one's home. No, you can't, no one's home. When I see that I'm, I'm out. Mm -mm. You know, if I I don't want to be there anymore, I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel safe, and I don't want to be a part of that situation. And I'm not going to tell the other person, hey, if you have drunk eyes, I'm leaving. 
it's just, that's for me. Hey, if I see someone with drunk eyes, I'm out, I'm done. I don't want to be there anymore. Right. Um, so I think a boundary can look exactly how you need your own boundary to look for me. No learning that my boundaries didn't have to be said to someone else for them to know whether to cross it or not. That was huge because now I can feel super comfortable setting a boundary for myself and it's only for me. It's not for them. It's literally only for me, right? So it's like, if anyone does that, no, I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. It's, and then I don't, I don't feel resentment towards that person or towards anyone, right? Because it's like, oh, they did that. That's their life. And I have a boundary that I've set for myself and I'm good. I'm going to go. Right. And I have a whole lot of peace with that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's such a, thank you for that example. Yeah, of course. That was really good. Like, I think it's so important to, to hear actual examples sometimes, you know, because I think it's, sometimes it's hard to, to put things into perspective of like, oh, okay, well, that's great advice, but like, how, how do I actually do that? Well, Um, I think it's especially hard, or at least it was for me at first. And sometimes it still is, Hey, I never, you know, I'm not out here living what I'm talking perfectly. Right. That's, that's a huge one. Um, but I think, you know, being a people pleaser and setting boundaries at first was really hard for me because I, I thought that when I set a boundary and that person, you know, like crossed that boundary and then I would have to leave, but they would be maybe like, I was like, well, what if, what if I've put them in a situation where they have to drive drunk? What if I've put them in a situation where they're going to drink too much and and hurt themselves? What if I've done this? Like, oh, what if I do this? And then this happens to them, you know? And I've really had to come to terms with the fact that their life is not my responsibility. I love them. I love those. I love that person. Right. But they are making their own adult choices and I have to be okay with the choices that they make. And I have to be okay with the boundaries that I'm setting. And, you know, being a people pleaser, you want to make sure people are safe. Oh my God. That's what was so hard. That's what is so hard is about, you know, it's like, oh, well, if I do this and they do that, they're not going to be safe. And so I have to stay, I have to keep myself here, right. For their own safety. And that that never ended well for me ever not any single time right because i'm an adult they're an adult and it's not it's not my responsibility mm-hmm. and i think as a people pleaser it was really 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 hard to come to terms with the fact that their like the consequences of their actions are not on me it's not my fault you know, because by me staying and me participating in that, I'm not, I'm contributing and I'm not, it's, I'm not helping anyone in the situation. I'm not helping myself and I'm not helping them. Right. But it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I think too, like from the perspective of an alcoholic, like I think 
if we try to prevent somebody from doing something like they are on their own journey and like us and like I think that's what you were trying to say at the end they're like us like interfering with somebody's journey like we don't we don't know what what their what kind of journey they're on right like I think about it in the sense of my rock bottom was going to the hospital and having alcohol poisoning and putting my friends through a bunch of shit and all this like crazy stuff, like being unsafe and like, you know, um, and had somebody, you know, if I had somebody like, I mean, part of why, like I ended up there is because I was living alone and like, had there been somebody to say interfere in that, like take away the alcohol from me or tell me, no, you can't keep drinking. Like I wouldn't have ended up. And I'm I'm not saying like that would, yeah, I wouldn't have ended up in the hospital and had all the events that, that needed to occur to get me to that rock bottom place in order to get sober to where I am today. So like us trying to interfere in somebody else's journey typically can end up doing more harm than good because it is their journey. It is their path to walk on, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, oh God, it's, it's hard as, you know, a person who totally has caretaking tendencies is totally a people pleaser has not really in their past been the best at setting healthy boundaries um to really take that to heart Mm -hmm. it was so hard for me to recognize that the like someone else's journey wasn't my responsibility if that makes sense where it was it was just you know you're living your life and they're living their life and you can't change the actions they're taking. Um, you can attempt to control it, but are are you like, do you want to do that? Is that fun? Is that exciting? Is that, do you feel safer in that control? And I did, I saw, I felt so much safer in that. Um, and now I feel a lot safer in giving up that control and knowing that it's not my responsibility and it's not, my it's it's not it's not mine to hold right um but it's it's hard it's really hard Mm -hmm. I love I like I feel I feel like this is one of our first conversations where we've been able to kind of I don't know I really like this this is really interesting to me yeah both sides Um, both sides of the spectrum yeah yeah because it's I don't know it's giving me perspective on you know you being like, it probably wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been helpful yeah. if someone lived with you at that time because, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's, I think, it's, I think, I think it's just a testament to kind of like everything, you know, happens mm-hmm. for maybe a reason, maybe there isn't a reason. I don't know, but I truly do believe that um, I am grateful for the experiences that I've had with alcoholics, because I think, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here, um, in this capacity, in this way and showing up for myself, um, in the way that I do, you know? So I think I've learned 
so much. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Right. And it I mean, like, like, yeah. And it doesn't, you know, minimize the hard things. Oh, no, not at all. Like, of course, like, but everything in my opinion does happen for a reason. Like every chain of events, like everything is all, you know, connected. It's just about like being able to see the, the reason, like being able to take a step back after and see the reason behind it. And, um, like, I'm sure, you know, when you were in the thick of it, like you would have never said, Oh, I'm so grateful for this. Oh my God. No, God, no. You know? And so I, same with me, like, I definitely never would have thought that, you know, two years later, I'd be like, Oh wow. I'm so, I'm so grateful for all the shit that I, I went through, um, with this other person, even though it was so hard because it's, I know it's like part of what got me where I am today, you know, like it was like the cat- catalyst to like, yeah. and, I, and I just want to say, no, and I just wanted to say like, there are certain things that I wish never happened in my right. life. For totally. Sure. Totally. Um, but I, on like the larger scale, I think being in relationships with, you know, with alcoholics and, um, loving alcoholics has really helped me learn a lot about who I am and about what I need in my life. And I mean, it brought me into Al-Anon and I'm forever grateful for that. Right. Like how, how lucky am I that I found that? Right. Um, so I think that, and, you know, I feel like Sierra and I, I feel, I remember when we first started having these conversations and we didn't have a podcast, we were like, damn, this shit, man, like, this is crazy. Like, I can't, oh, and it's just wild to see how much we've grown and how much we've evolved in like the short time, it's like what, a year and a half. So it's pretty incredible how um, powerful, I guess, both of our programs have worked for each of us separately, Um, you know? but yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's totally a testament to like how the program works and I really think a huge piece of it is like shift in perspective you know um which I think is literally like our little description for this podcast (laughs) but it's like it is it's about a shift in perspective and I think it's so cool but like yeah like had that had had all of those hard things not happen like we would not be sitting here talking about this stuff right now and that is like so well I just I'm so lucky that before I went to Al-Anon I looked up on Spotify Al-Anon AA podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I was like oh I'm not I'm not finding what what I need exactly um and look at that yeah. Well, and, and I think that's, that's, that's literally our, our whole intention was like, Oh, provide. I remember there was one, we were on the phone and I literally like was like in my living room, like pacing back and forth. Cause what I do on the phone. And I remember we were like, Oh, so excited. We're like, there isn't anything like this out there. And we're like, there is not a podcast that's like this where it's like, you know, young people giving a perspective, which I don't feel super young anymore, but (laughs) young people giving a perspective on both (laughs) Al-Anon and AA and like what it is like, like this, like you said, this is a perfect episode of like, 
what it's like to experience the holidays in early recovery, what it's like to experience the holidays with an active alcoholic and just like a person in general, like us both right now, like figuring out how to sell uh, celebrate the holidays with boundaries, (laughs) like do what we need for ourselves and, and let go of the people pleasing and the expectations that anybody else has on us, you know, but but still being so, still being so grateful and, and having so much love, like for our family and like, just acknowledging we are so blessed to have family like this. I also wanted to say that, um, Sorry, this came out of nowhere. But I also wanted to say that, you know, since this episode is coming out tomorrow um, on the 20th before Thanksgiving, um, if you are in AA, there are a lot of events um, that happen on Thanksgiving and um, like where if you don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, if your family doesn't live here or if you're in a a difficult spot um, and you're just looking for somewhere to go. There are so many different events um, for people in recovery to go to for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Um, I can link the um, the resources for that. I know there's two or there's one specifically. This is Denver specific, but there's one at the Orchard Club in Denver, um, and they're having a whole Thanksgiving. You just show up and eat with a lot of other sober people, and it's really cool. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to share because I know it can be hard. And like, I feel like this year I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm so fine spending it alone. Like I'm totally, <laughs> I love my alone time, but I know early in recovery and just, you know, it can sometimes feel like pretty lonely and stuff, um, not spending the holidays with people. So that's, I love AA for that, that they have, they always have, um, a room you can walk into and meetings still happen on the uh, holidays, just so everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, well, on that, I think that's a perfect place to end it and say thank you guys for listening. And um, we'll see you in another two weeks. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you guys, happy Thanksgiving. Eat lots of food. So much, please. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay, bye.